Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered with your host, Josh here. It's been a couple of weeks, so I'm getting caught up today. Nuggets officially won the title, like a couple days after I did my last podcast. So I'm going to get into that, uh, their dominant run that they had. Then, in wake of recent news, Suns make a massive trade as well. I'm going to get into that, react to that. Then, I feel like Damian Lillard needs to clear up this offseason noise. You know, stay with Portland, move on. He's got a decision to make. And then Draymond Green opted out of his deal, and I'll get into that. But the first thing I want to start off with is some breaking news that it sounds like is on the verge of happening. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sham Sharina of The Athletic, very trusted reporter. He's up there with Woj, uh, who breaks NBA uh, things. So he is basically saying that the Celtics are trading Malcolm Brogdon and uh, Marcus, you know, or uh, Malcolm Brogdon, to L.A. Uh, in a three-team trade with the – actually, I should just rephrase it like this. It's the Celtics, Wizards, and Clippers in a three-team trade. Celtics will be acquiring Chris Stapps Porzingis. Malcolm Brogdon will be shipped off to L.A. And Marcus Morris and draft compensation – will be going to Washington. This, to me, is a huge, huge, huge trade. Uh, it feels like this is going to happen from what I'm currently reading and refreshing my page on. I think this is a big deal. Uh, Chris Jets-Prazingos would have to uh, opt into his contract and kind of work out his $36 million player option. That seems to be the thing holding it up. But this is big on all fronts. Uh, I thought the Celtics needed an offensive big man outside of Al Horford. Uh, I floated around DeAndre Aiden. I think Kristaps Porzingis is a great option to have, um, considering, again, you have Al Horford, you have Robert Williams. The thing I like about DeAndre Aiden is he is more reliable than Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, he does have an injury history, but I think giving up uh, draft compensation and just Malcolm Brogdon is a win. Uh, considering Brad Brogdon, yes, that's a, you know, sixth man of the year, just won that award. Uh, but to me, considering even though he was, you know, a big deal for them in the regular season, last couple games, you know, of that three-run stretch that they had, didn't play, and to me, the Celtics offense looked fine. Uh, you look at Derek White, who I think is going to increase in his role with the Celtics. That was big, seeing his progression without Malcolm Brogdon. It's like, hey, you know, what, we can't be playing three-point guards, not including Marcus Smart, is a big deal in that trade as well. So I think for the Celtics, I don't think this is a huge move in terms of the needle, I think it, it stays the same, but gives them more flexibility and other option. 
Um, maybe if they were to pursue a Damian Lillard trade or trade Jalen Brown to another team. Again, I still think the Celtics should uh, try to offer a trade package of Jalen Brown and picks for either uh, John Morant or Damian Lillard. That's just me. The Clippers now get their point guard, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, again, who got injured you know, last year with the Pacers. Uh, good years with them. Came over to the Celtics. He played well enough to win sixth man of the year. He's now going to run the pipe point. And ever since, uh, you know, Chris Paul left the Clippers, they've had trouble finding point guard. It was uh, Reggie Jackson, Russell Westbrook, you know, Paul George running the point up. Now that they have a true point guard, it uh, looks like the Chris Paul sweepstakes are now going to be closed for them. Uh, bringing in Malcolm Brogdon, uh, I think, is a huge win for them. Uh, there were talks last night about uh, Clippers, you know, evaluating interest on Paul George. I think maybe now uh, they put an end to that. Of course, they won't sign Russell Westbrook. But Malcolm Brogdon, uh, who is a reliable player, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, if, you know, again, this is a big if. If they're healthy, they're a Western Conference Finals team with Ty Lue, coach. And the Wizards get Marcus Morris in draft compensation. Now, Marcus Morris was upset about his reduced role and was very vocal about it. So it's uh, an easy, you know, it's easy why he was included in this trade. No brainer. The draft compensation, it just says draft compensation right now. The final details of that draft compensation, compensation that the Celtics are sending anything over, how much the Clippers are sending over, uh, that'll be big. For them, uh, I don't see the Celtics sending too much draft compensation considering they gave up Malcolm Brogdon. But to me, uh, most of that draft compensation, I would imagine, coming from the Clippers, uh, whatever they had left from that Paul George trade. So it seems like the Clippers will still be going all in. Uh, I do think this is a great trade for, you know, all three teams. Um, we'll see if it... <coughs> excuse me officially breaks here soon. If they clear that hurdle of uh, Porzingis opt-in, <clears throat> excuse me, but it looks like that is something that will be happening. So I've got to just give credit to, you know, Brad Stevens, especially as a, you know, general manager and coach. Uh, some of the moves he pulled off, it's, you know, traded Kimball Walker for Al Horford, uh, traded Langford in GR in the first-round pick for Derek White, traded Thice for Malcolm Brogdon, traded Malcolm Brogdon for Chris Dapps for Zingas. Uh, Boston knows how to construct teams over there. I will give them that. So they were to keep it, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Porzingis, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Robert Williams. That is a very, very good um Trade and it looks like Justin, the 2023 number 30 pick is going to Washington. So there you go. That is a great team for the Celtics. The lineup of Smart, Brown, Tatum, Porzingis, Williams uh, on the bench. You know, Derek White, Horford. Uh, we'll see who else fills out from there. But uh, this is a this is a big trade, and uh, 
again, once it's official, I'll probably more reaction to that tomorrow as well. Now I want to talk about the Denver Nuggets. So the Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals. Uh, really dominant run. They beat the Heat 5-1. to one. I said Nuggets in 5 or 6. I was closer to 5. I wanted to say sweet, but I, I, I settled on the 5. And they won um, in 5 handily. Uh, game 5 was the closest game. I'll bite the worst offensive output from both teams. Uh, but again, Denver overpowered. Miami. Denver was the better team. The series, they were the best team this postseason run to go 16 and 4. It's very, very impressive. The stretch that Nikola Jokic had, that Jamal Murray had. Uh, it was sensational basketball being played. Uh, Joker was named Finals MVP. Very deserving of that. To me, that cemented himself as one of the greatest centers. Of all time, one of the greatest players of all time. And now what we're going to have, I believe, is a neck-and-neck battle every year for Giannis and Jokic is the best player in the world. Now that's the finals I want. Now I know Embiid won MVP this year. Um, I don't think he was a super-deserving MVP. But you have two guys, Denver in Denver and in Milwaukee, Giannis and Jokic have both won two MVPs, have both won finals, finals MVP. Uh, um, Nikola Jokic's offensive game is much more developed, much more skilled, uh, much more transcendent than Giannis's. But Giannis, even though he has a, has a lack of shooting, makes up for it with his intensity on both ends of the court. Defensive player of the year. So if there's a matchup I want to see in the finals, it's Milwaukee versus Denver. To me, that's the money match. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, UFC and boxing, you know, money, title fights. You know, you want Conor McGregor's in there against the best of the world's the Conor versus Habib is a money fight. Um, and what is looking like the next one, Charles versus Islam. Uh, is a big one as well. You know, you look at boxing, the Mayweather Pacquiao's. You look at those uh, big things. And in the NBA, we don't always have that. We never had LeBron versus Kobe in the NBA Finals. We had LeBron versus Durant a couple times. But both those teams on series were lopsided, weren't close, weren't fair. So it wasn't you know, a true test um, for either player. So if we were to have a, again, Giannis-Joker finals matchup, I believe that would be a heavyweight bout, seven games. That would be terrific. Because right now, like I said, Jokic is the best player of the world. But a series of finals like that to actually decide that, that has massive value right there. That's what I'm hoping for next year. I want a Nuggets, Bucks, Finals. Sign me up, please. What else did the Nuggets prove with their win? Well, to me, Jamal 
uh, Murray solidified himself as one of the best point guards in the game. Now there are a ton of, you know, great point guards uh, that are in the game. Uh, clearly, Steph Curry is in an echelon by himself. And then you have other very great skilled point guards. Uh, John Morant, um, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, Drew Holiday, De'Aaron Fox, Luka Doncic. I feel like Jamal Murray should be listed with those names. To me, Jamal Murray uh, is not as skilled as Kyrie. To me, he's, he's proven he's a good shooter like Kyrie. And to me, that's kind of the, comp, the wizardry, um, the tough shots that he's able to make. I think Luka's clearly more skilled and Steph has accomplished more. Uh, but if we're talking about point guards, I'd probably put Jamal Murray is a top five point guard in the league. Now, I'm just rough-handed it here, but I'd probably do. Um, you know, Steph at the one. Uh, Luka Doncic, number two. Uh, you know, three. You know, depending on John Moran, you know, what he did, didn't help himself. I'd probably do three Dame. Uh, four Kyrie and five Jamal Murray. Now I know you're saying, you know, miss the cut, the John Morants of the world and uh, the Trey Youngs and James Hardens and Drew Holiday's great players. Uh, but Jamal just proved to him, proved to me and I think the rest of the world how great he is. I'm not going to go as far as what Paul Pierce said, Paul Pierce, you know, was talking with Kevin Garnett on a podcast and said Murray's the best point guard in the game. You know, I won't go that far, but he is a very, very good point guard. And when, you know, Jokic is kind of always on. He's like that player um, that always does well. Um, But when Murray is on with him, to me, he's more electric. Uh, And when they're both on, they are completely unstoppable. But congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on a great, great round. A great win, great finals run, uh, deserving champions, great series. But the Nuggets aren't done. Uh, they made a trade today. Now, during the finals, they traded uh, a couple second-round picks, I believe a future first-round pick for a first-round pick uh, this year. And they made another trade today for a first-round pick. Uh, They're sending next year's first-round pick and the 40th overall pick this year to the Pacers and will acquire the 29th and 32nd picks in the draft. Um, To me, this is, you know, a big deal because you see how they're going to build around their core. Uh, Now, their core of players are Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all on maximum contracts. Aaron Gordon also has a long-term contract with him, but he's not a max. Uh, You look at Bruce Brown, who declined his player option this year, uh, will probably, you know, as a six-man, go somewhere else, take the lucrative deal. But you looked at last year, the... Nuggets hit a home run on their 21st pick in Christian Braun last year. 
uh, who came into rotation, played hard minutes, especially in the finals, was very good. Uh, they are high on Peyton Watson, who was the number 30 pick last year, um, who can fill in more. So that, I think, Denver has a very smart strategy and acquiring different picks they want, because that's going to, and that's how you're going to build your depth. Because with that new CBA going into place, you don't want to, um, you know, really go over that second luxury tax um, apron and, you know, all the penalties that can occur with that. So I love what Denver's doing. Uh, they have their core guys locked in, but you're going to need depth and contributors. And finding rookie guys on rookie contracts to kind of coach up and be with you, uh, I think that's invaluable. I think this is a great strategy. Uh, the Nuggets are onto something. So the Nuggets have this approach where they have their stars, they lock them up, and they build young rotational depth players. And you might find a gym or not like Christian Bryan. We'll see how he continues to develop. And you're kind of continually always in contention. You're not super top-heavy, which is not what you want to be. And then the Suns, on the other hand, are the complete opposite, where they are top-heavy, don't care about draft picks or depth or defense when they acquired Bradley Beal. So the Suns are building another way, not through the draft. Uh, they traded Chris Paul, Landry Shaman, and... Again, the draft compensation hasn't been cleared yet, but it's basically, I think, going to be all of our second-round picks and swip and pick swaps that were left for Bradley Beal. So you look at that. They have a very electric, offensive big three in Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Kevin Durant, my bad. If you want to consider them a big four, you add DeAndre Aiden in there. So that is a very good lineup. But those four players right there uh, are now locked up to $161.5 million in salary. And the uh, salary cap, I believe, is just increasing to one sixty-five. Uh, so they have about $4 million left, and they still have to fill out their rotation of guys. Um, next year, their collective salary jumps to $199 million. And, you know, three of those guys, Booker, Durant, Beal, for, you know, going into next year, are going to be three of the highest paid eight players for the foreseeable future. So that's big because, to me, their championship window is right now. It's championship or bust uh, because with the way the CBA works, you know, uh, what's going to happen is Adam Silver ain't going to adjust it to fit this super team. He built this new CBA to prevent super teams. So I think Matt Istia trying to defend the, or try not defend, uh, but to bend the rules, look for loopholes in this, uh, I don't think is going to work out for him. Uh, so again, the salary isn't going to jump to $30 million next year. So this year, to me, is a one year to win their championship. Uh, they need to win it now, maybe next year. But after that, it gets ugly because nobody's going to take on Durant's salary or Beal's salary when they're older. 
uh, and they've all dealt with injury issues. And then it's another big thing, too, when you're above that second apron for multiple years, like they probably will be, uh, what happens? The Suns won't be able to sign bought-out players, aggregate salaries in a trade, send out cash and deals, use their non-taxpayer mid-level exception, or trade their first-round picks for seven years. Again, championship or bust. They don't win this thing now it, or next year. It's over for them. If they're above the apron for the next five years, that pick will drop to the bottom of the draft. So, again, this is a high-risk, high-reward. The reward is you win the championship, you pay the luxury tax bill, you face these penalties because you'll win a championship. But if you don't win the championship, uh, the Phoenix Suns will be rebuilding with the 30th pick in the draft. So, again, super teams have been hard to do. You look at super teams in the past, you know, you look at um, the core four that um, Boston had, Rajon Rondo, Ray Allen, uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, um, that team was really good. You look at LeBron, they had LeBron and D-Wade, kind of the top two players in the league. They added Chris Bosh. Um, their depth was still good. Ray Allen, Mike Miller, Shane Battier, Mario Chalmers. There was a lot of stars around their superstars. You look at the Warriors, it was Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, Looney or McGee as the center. It was Andre Iguodala still. Um, you know, I forget the other guy. I think Sean Livingston uh, was the one who showed up in big-time moments. So the teams have a lot of depth. The way, the, again, the CBA and this, the salaries working, not going to allow for the Suns to really build the depth around the stars that they have. So, again, I don't think the Suns are a championship team in the same league as a Denver Nuggets. What can they do? Trade DeAndre Eden for picks or players to bring that number down and bring some depth there. That, to me, is their only option, and I don't see it happening. But we'll see. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Next up. Will Dame get traded? Big, big question here. Uh, kind of send, sending mixed signals. He goes on a podcast a couple weeks ago. Says he'd love to go to Brooklyn or Miami. Uh, you know, Miami says he's supposed to ban on a bio. Then everybody's saying, you know, go to Miami. And then it's coming leaked out that he doesn't want to leave Portland. Um, and he wants to bring a team around him. So... Damien wants to win a championship, and he wants to win it in Portland. That will never happen. Uh, him, it's like a runner um, starting at the equator in wanting to reach both the Arctic and Antarctica at the same time. It's not possible. The Earth isn't flat. It's a sphere. You run to the Arctic, you don't get Antarctica. 
if Damian runs for a championship, it won't be in Portland. If he runs to Portland, it won't be for a championship. Those two things don't mix. They do not happen. He's not going to win in Portland. Free agents don't want to play there. So their only option is trading draft picks. Now they have the number three. If they uh, trade that, uh, there's been talks for Zion Williamson. But if they get Zion, is that a you know team that can go to um, the championship, go to the NBA Finals? No. I believe that ceiling is an NBA Final or is a Western Conference semifinals. I believe the Suns would still be better. The Lakers would still be better. The uh, Nuggets would still be better. The Clippers with this trade would be better. But it's actually now just official. So, Dame getting traded, um, I think it will be best interest. I think the owner has to say, hey, I appreciate your loyalty, but I want to see you win a ring. Um, in my lifetime, I've got to make this trade. I've got to do this. I've got to trade you to um, Miami for Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, and a boatload of draft picks to help my team. Or i got to trade you for Jalen Brown in a draft pick. And you've got a chance to win a ring there. Because Dame, he's not winning one in Portland. And I know I've been watching a bunch of sports uh, casters. None of them can say Dame can win in Portland. So I'm with the majority of them there. Dame is not winning a ring in Portland. Now, Draymond Green opted out of his contract. How big of a deal is this for the Warriors? To me, it's a huge deal. Uh, To me, he is an instrumental part of their run and success. Um, second to Steph Curry. Um, Steph Curry, again, the greatest shooter ever. Um, Three-point all-time record, all that. But to me, Draymond Green has been just as pivotal because of the leadership he brings, the energy he brings, um, and all the little stuff that he brings. The ability to play point forward and take the ball up the court. Uh, his court vision and IQ... Um, in which he's able to find stuff or set screens. Um, again, all those things that don't show up on the stat sheet where, you know, people, even like me, Charles Barkley, joke about his nickname, Triple Single. But again, it doesn't matter if you're winning games with what he does on offense and then the intensity that he brings on defense. So I think this would be a huge loss for them, especially after – you know, what I've been seeing and what I saw in this past NBA is it seems like the new GM, uh, Dunleavy for the Warriors, is going to keep Jordan Poole because he's got four years left on his deal. Uh, that means it looks like unless you'll be paying a very high luxury tax, uh, $500 million, if you keep both Clay and Draymond, you have a choice to make. And my choice would be keeping Draymond, um, considering Clay had an abysmal um, series against the Lakers. Um, you know, this year was kind of hit and miss, you know, solid regular season, but in the postseason kind of cooled off, wasn't really game six clay. So I would sign Draymond Green and I would let um, Clay Thompson walk if I couldn't sign him for anything less than the max. 
but Draymond Green to me is more more instrumental in all this. But again, moving forward, it doesn't look like Draymond and Jordan Poole are are cool yet. So that's still an interesting dynamic moving forward. It's again, you know, I don't know. You know, I haven't had that happen to me where I had to work with somebody who punched me in the face and the, the video got out and everyone in the department watched it or in the whole company watched it. And this man is still in the same department as me and we have to get along and work as a team. I imagine that being very hard for Jordan Poole. Maybe the best thing for him is to, to ask for a trade request that and say, you know, it's hard for me to work with Draymond. Draymond saying the same thing about uh, Jordan Poole. But if Draymond were to lead, um, I think the Mavericks would be a very good option considering the lack of defense that they have. Of course, he, him teaming up with LeBron in L.A. would be, you know, a star move as well. So he'll have options and suitors as well. Um, Chris Paul, a couple years ago, got a three- or four-year $100 million deal. I don't know why Draymond can't command or get anything about the same ballpark is that considering all that he's done and the value that he brings. I believe if he goes to a good franchise, they'll know how to use him. Now, if he goes to a bum franchise, again, all bets are off. But I still think Draymond can be a, a very impactful player for title teams. This has been Unbothered. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye, everybody.